Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. And I'm Becky, his wife. This is episode 48. Hi, guys. Hey there. Well, hey, I just got up from a nap. (laughs) (laughs) It's Sunday afternoon. Becky made a turn on where we were heading today or thinking about. We had some thoughts in our head. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that we should talk about Sabbath. Yeah. Actually, something happened that I didn't tell you about. Oh. I'm going to tell my mom. You talked a lot, but you didn't tell me this? Right. All right. This just happened in the last 10 minutes. Oh. This is how thought through our podcasts are. This just happened in the last 10 minutes. (laughs) Some more than others. Some we think through very carefully and write notes. Not very often, but some. We, okay, so this this is why I think this is okay. We haven't been talking very much this week, honestly, about theology, God, Jesus, things like that. We haven't been to church in over a week. Some things have just happened. It's not really on purpose, but some things have just happened. And and we've kind of been on a on a down low in in uh, having lots of discussion, spiritual discussion. Life was occurring. It was. But here's mm-hmm. what I think. I. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about when our brains were tired. Mm-hmm. And I think um, sometimes, or this week for me, I'll say it this way. I have enjoyed uh, not a lot of the, it feels like a rest, mm-hmm. a rest period, a rest season. Um, Dan just got up from a nap. A few minutes ago, my mom just texted me or t- messaged me and said, this day feels so weird. I haven't wanted to get out of bed. I'm not sad or depressed or sick or anything. I just have wanted to rest today. And I yeah. was like, good. It's yeah. also rainy and overcast here. Yeah. So it's kind of got resty, quiet. Right. Sort of relaxed. Yeah, we went out to lunch and I came home and I'm like, I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. need to close my eyes for a little bit. Yeah. And this morning, as I, I took my rest this morning and, and, uh, Got up and did a few things and then went back to bed and just hung out for a while. So uh, I just thought, let's talk about Sabbath. Let's talk about rest. It's not a new subject. Lots Are you of people for talk it or against it. it? I think I'm for it. Okay. Um, but I want to go into some spiritual things of why it's good. Mm-hmm. And then maybe also some physical or mental things about okay. why rest is good. So okay. there you go, Dan. There's the agenda. Ready? Go. All right. So... Part number one, Remember why is it rest? <laughs> the Sabbath to keep it holy, holy or set apart. Okay. Why did the Lord give us, why did he give us the, the command in the 10 commandments and also the example in the creation and then talking a whole lot about it in Hebrews with Cause he didn't Jesus. want us to do stuff. Yeah. So what, what, why, <laughs> what a good God, right? To give us. Right. To give us in our system, in our way of living, yeah. a place of rest. You know, I think growing up in fairly conservative Christian circles, we we never did like Sabbathing or something. But, you know, you kind of didn't really do stuff on Sundays. And Except actually, church. everything was closed, actually, when I was young. You didn't, yeah. you didn't have anything open, so it didn't matter. Right. But I remember once when I was in my 20s. 
I worked for some people. Well, I worked for a company that was next door to a lot of Jewish people. There was a so I kind of got connected with a few Jewish families in the community, and they had just started. And they weren't particularly Orthodox or anything. And in fact, I think they were fairly lib- from a fairly liberal Jewish sect. But they decided to start Sabbathing in their house because they were fairly well off. I mean, not rich, rich or anything, but and they just started like so. Sabbath for them would be Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Mm -hmm. And they had a nice house where they had a pool. And so their comment was, it's like, yeah, for us, we just go home, turn off the phone. I mean, back when that was a regular ringing (laughs) phone, you know, phone. You could actually turn off the phone. And and so they knew that if, well, if somebody tried to call them, they knew it wasn't friends or family because they wouldn't call them on the Sabbath. And so it was like, oh, we just relax. And I think sometimes we always look at these things like the law of you better do these rules. And it's like, there's an aspect where God's like, I'm going to bless you. And here, <laughs> and here's an opportunity. And we want to look at it as a, here's a punishment I'm going to do or a restriction I'm putting on you. So that's a traditional formal Sabbath, which is where they didn't do work from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. But Jewish again, community. it wasn't a harsh thing. No, it was, it was actually, actually there. God saying, I'm going to take care of you. Because right. if you work all the time, nonstop, your brain is always on. You've already got your to-do list going. You're going to not, your body is not going to function that way. He made our brain. bodies and our mm-hmm. minds to need rest. Yeah. I mean, he created it that way. Mm-hmm. Is, am I saying that right? Or was that part of the fall? No, I think, no, that was. No, because the seventh day he rested. He rested, that was his example. So he had to have made creation in that same model. Right. Where it would need time, downtime, break time, mm-hmm. rest time. Yeah. Because I, it was a good thing for us. Right. I think it, and I, I think we miss that opportunity sometimes to say, I need to actually sit down and rest. And I think part of uh, part of what's built into that is the desire of God is always to ha- enter into this relationship, the perichoresis that we've talked about, that we walk with him, do things with him. And I think one of the challenges of the Sabbath is for us to actually have a day where we're not working and doing stuff and God says, do you trust me that I'll still take care of you even if you're not working your little fingers to the bone and doing everything you can. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually a place of release where we can say, all right, I'm done with my work and I'm going to trust the God that this is sufficient, that he'll take care of things. And sometimes that's a hard challenge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting way to think of it for sure. Let's go to the really spiritual um, understanding of rest for a few minutes before we do practical So in the book of Hebrews, which I haven't read very much of Hebrews in a while, but in the book of Hebrews, there's a lot of discussion Mm -hmm. about Jesus, about entering into the Sabbath rest and Jesus being our rest. Um, So what's the metaphor apparently matters there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why is there a Sabbath rest? What does he want us to do there? Well, he's talking about, I'm pretty sure since he was talking to Hebrews, Jewish people, uh-huh. he was contrasting them working to 
get into perichoresis versus resting to get into perichoresis. Yeah. Well, what? So if we're working all the time. Well, you're talking about the law. And the law. I think that means we have a weird focus if we're always working. Now, does God want us to not work? No, no, no. We're not going to that extreme. Okay. No, but but the spiritual sense of this is, what is the point of rest, and what is the point of rest is with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Like in Hebrews, when he says, "I want you," I sh- really should have. Which verse is that? I can bring that up. Yeah, bring that up. I have the technology to actually look at the... This is what happens when we we have a control room here that allows us (laughs) to look at the internet. Jesus wants us to live in rest. And that kind of goes to your statement. Does that mean we never work? Well, no, he's not. He's talking about resting in your psyche, in your understanding Mm-hmm. Of what do you have to do to be at peace? What do you have to do to belong to God? What do you have to do to be uh, in right standing with God, quite honestly? And Jesus says, I did it. I did all the work. You get to rest in all my work. Right? Am I on track here? I, think so. I know you're in the yeah. middle of looking up. I can't, yeah. The Hebrews can't talk and type at the same I time. Can't but Google and think. But if, you, if we think about that, like, when we're working, <coughs> yeah. if we get to a point in, so let's just jump back out of the spiritual for a minute. If you're doing something, you're working on a project to say, okay. and you get to a point in the project, there's, there's, there's two things that are in my mind. You can either get into a point in the project where you hit a wall and you feel like you can't keep going and you get really frustrated and you start striving. You start really struggling and striving to try to get this to, to work. Okay? okay. That's no fun. No. Also, you can be working and on a project and you get past the first 13 minutes and your mind gets in a groove and you start realizing you're kind of your brain's on fire and you're really cranking through whatever this, the project is. You're coming up with creative solutions mm-hmm. and making strides in your goals or, or whatever it is. I would venture to say that kind of work is healthy. Mm-hmm. Dare I even say restful not restful in the mind that i'm not doing anything but you're in a place where your mind is in a a zone or a groove that it was meant to be in and so you're being very productive without the the emotional striving or stress Mm -hmm. of feeling like you can't come up with what you need to make this project work so so with those things in mind if we look at Jesus did the work for us on the cross to mm-hmm. be accepted back to be, to be, uh, <laughs> I gotta be careful how I say my verbiage now. <laughs> Jesus did the work on the cross of giving us opportunity to be in perichoresis. Nope. I can't say it that way because we are in perichoresis to give our minds the place to relax in the perichoresis Mm -hmm. so that we can flow easily in a trust relationship with God and just move in the groove 
in that zone place where we were meant to to move mm-hmm. in relationships in our life in our uh, situations in our work and all that kind of stuff that to me seems like living in rest in perichoresis where you're now in a place where you can just live you don't mm-hmm. have to keep stopping and thinking and wondering, oh, did I make a mistake? Oh, did I talk to somebody and I shouldn't have? Or should I have talked to somebody and I didn't? Or like that to me isn't a place of striving. Yeah. If I'm always worried about, did I do it right? Did I do it wrong? Did I miss an opportunity? Am I doing this the right way? What if I don't do anything on Sunday except lay in bed? That's not a place of your mind isn't in rest if it's always having those kinds of thoughts or questions. Right. And believe you me, I have been in that place really? way more than I've been in the place of resting in the I wouldn't have noticed that at all. Oh, you are so so uh, non-observant. If <laughs> that's a true statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Okay, so did you find a verse that kind of Well, goes I got with Hebrews 4 here and that's where Jesus or El the author, as they say, the author, the author of, Hebrews, of Hebrews, which is Paul, probably, in my opinion, he talks about, says, starts us says, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you have fallen short of it. For we have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that race rest i'm sorry um let's see you know it goes on to verse four for somewhere he's spoken about the seventh day in these words on the seventh day god rested from all his works so that's where you talked about earlier that this is a comes from the beginning and let's see verse five and again in the passage above he says they shall never enter my rest that's for those who don't go by faith right didn't want basically they didn't want to mm-hmm Yep. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This is this he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And should I stop? I feel like you'd have, we'd kind of have to read the whole... thing the whole of hebrews to really get the gist but well here's an interesting thing right because when you look at that you can take this from a couple of different ways you can start feeling this is the threatening you better get saved and kind of stuff but what he's really saying is i'm inviting you in to this relationship and there are people in the past who chose to not be in this relationship and he's calling it rest is the place of being with him in a relationship. So the entire picture of what God was trying to do with Israel was take them out of a place of bondage and slavery, that was Egypt, and say, I'm providing us. This is actually, this is a land with flowing with milk and honey. You're going to get promised house- land when you yeah, took them out of Egypt. promised land. And you're going to get houses that you didn't build and gardens that you didn't plant and so forth. This is what God wants us to enter into. Mm-hmm. He wants us to enter into goodness. Now, did they have to do some stuff to get there? They had to walk. They had, they had to show. To walk. They That's had to about walk. It. <laughs> they had to show up, and they had to walk in. Now they did have to. They had some battles, but the God God even fought fought the battles for them for yeah. the most part, 
And technically, if you read carefully, anytime Israel went into battle where they went in being led by God, they didn't lose any people. Right. So it was kind of a, it was work, but there was so much was provision abundance and it was work. in the, you know, it was in the zone yes. work. It was them being led by the spirit and knowing that the work that they're doing wasn't exhausting. Yeah. It was good work. It was healthy and right. They did what they needed to do to get the enemies, the, and by enemies, boy, we could really talk about that for a long mm-hmm. time. They weren't just normal, regular people. They were. Nephilim. Ne- half, yeah. Half, <laughs> de- half demons, half people, <laughs> giants, yeah. like really skewed, partial right. human, terribly evil, just <laughs> not just. Big poopy heads. Yeah, we're not talking no, like. I'd- Boy, I'm gonna probably get in trouble saying this. What? The Ukrainians against the Russians. Yeah, it, it weren't, they weren't brother to brother. Right. This. When they when the Israelites went in to conquer the Promised Land and slay the giants, it's because they were giants. They were right. not humans. Now, did God hmm. love them? I think probably there was <laughs> there was some compassion on the fact that right. There's a weird there were relation. people that got really messed up in that whole process, and that was a bad deal for them. Yeah. But God said, I am going to give you my, my humans, my people, Mm -hmm. children of Abraham, pure people who were a pure breed of people. Right. Not corrupted by demonic stuff. I'm going to give you this place, this land. Mm -hmm. And if you just stay in the zone by faith, if you just rest in me, rest in what I have prepared for you and just walk in that preparation, you will succeed. So this can be your new motto is stay in the zone. Stay in the zone. That's right. that's resting. Resting is staying in your zone. Yep. Because you will have stuff to do, but it will be a value. It will be of purpose. Now, does that mean we won't have days which are challenging and we've got to deal with morons and <laughs> people who might challenge us a little bit? Bad teenage kids in a choir or something. Oh, or boy. Bring it to a personal <laughs> level. Yikes. Yeah, of course we will. But, but uh, okay, so if you're going to use that example, we just had a big conversation at lunch, honestly, about what's really going on with these young people. Becky, uh, company, an, 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 let's see if I can assistant. use Mr. I mean, Lips. She's a, an assistant and accompanist for high school choirs. There you go. And, and elementary, too. But in observing the behaviors, the various behaviors of these young people, I've, I've watched the directors be brilliant in how they handle these students realizing that there's a lot going on underneath the surface of these kiddos. Mm -hmm. And they're with that perspective, these directors can stay in the zone of staying on task of what what they really want to accomplish with these young right. people, in spite of the pendulum Teenage swinging hormones and behaviors that are happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm learning a lot and actually gaining great um, uh, perspective and strength from mm-hmm. this situation about understanding how to stay in 
stay in the mindset of perichoresis. I mean, we always are in, we're out, we're not ever going to be out of perichoresis. We're just not functioning it well sometimes. Yeah, it's just sometimes we just get thrown off the horse, you know, or we feel like we're thrown out of perichoresis because we lose our perspective or we get distracted by something hard. But the truth is when you're, when your mindset, even on the hard things is you're here, God, all surrounding me, you're dancing in this situation. What does your dance look like in this situation? Hmm. How can I stay with you in this perichoretic dance in whatever the situation is? Mm -hmm. And as I do that, my mind will be at rest. My body will be at rest. Now we talked about this earlier. Does this mean that we are immune to all emotional things in life and we just are happy and giddy all the time regardless of our circumstances? I haven't used the word happy. I've used the word rest. Okay. That's an interesting way of emphasizing that difference. Yeah, because lots of times it's it's a different kind of fulfillment than happiness. Mm-hmm. There is fulfillment when you're in a hard situation and you're still resting in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Even though you do not see the end in sight or you're experiencing pain or discomfort or w- worry. Of course, if you're experiencing worry, in my opinion, Wor- you yeah. cannot be experiencing <laughs> worry and rest at the same time. Right. I don't think you can. But if you're experiencing, you know, raw emotions of um, mm-hmm. pain or fear or uh, whatever that has come against you, which the Israelites absolutely did. Yeah. When they hit that promised land and the spies went in and 10, 10 spies came out saying, uh, this is scary. This is too actually hard. probably all 12 spies came and said, this is scary. But two said, however, we can conquer. And 10 said, no way, Jose. Right. And two said, hey, we're with God, so Mm -hmm. we got this. We're with God. Yeah. That's perichoresis Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. And I think they understood that. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that's... So that's really a... And that's an important thing, right? Visual perspective. So people saw with their eyes and they saw this challenge. So 10 of the 12 saw the challenge of these big people and all the issues of overcoming this land and said, nope, we can't do this. Mm -hmm. And two of them looked and said, it's not a we issue. This is a God is here with us. We were brought here. It is a we issue. It's not a a I issue. Right. It's a we and is including God. Right. Then this is not a problem. Right. Because they just got out, well, yeah, they just got out from Egypt, you know, weeks or a month or whatever it was earlier. Yeah, not too long ago. But they crossed the web Red Sea. They watched Pharaoh's entire army get wiped mm-hmm. out by God. Mm-hmm. You know, so... A and they couple, had a big dance party after that, too. They actually knew what happened. Right. And so a couple of them were able to keep that in perspective and go, I know what God is doing and can do. And the rest were kind of like, huh, well, maybe that was just a one trick pony that he did that one thing. And we, you know, sometimes we just lose that perspective of Mm -hmm. there is a purpose 
for why I am here and it's in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get so pulled away from that. We lose all focus, all hope, whatever, because we just start viewing the world as a pile of circumstances that I'm trying to deal with. Yeah. And that's can be hard. It can be hopeless. It can be miserable. Yeah. And that's the worry. Right. Yeah. So what's the difference between worry and having concern or assessing a situation or? Well, for me, once I've hit worry, it consumes my mind. It feels like a flood of fire in my brain. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Where I. This brain is on fire. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not going to sing that this week. Sorry, I'm going to sing for us again. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it feels like I cannot get it. I need a reset. Once I've hit the worry mode where I cannot, where it consumes me mm-hmm. and I can't, I've lost perspective. I kind of lose God. I say in my head or in my heart, where are you, God? Where are you? I can't find you. I can't find you. For me, I, a reset, a hard reset is necessary, whether that's mm-hmm. asleep or a few days or a session with my therapist or a good old worship party. I, I have to have a, some kind of physical reset for me to be able to gain perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's just immaturity. I don't know. But um, well, the, sometimes worry, this, worry yeah. consumes you to where you... Okay, so to answer your mm-hmm. question, worry consumes me to where I cannot think creatively. I cannot keep... I cannot focus on problem solving. I'm just in this worry state. Mm-hmm. And I think there really is something physical going on in my brain once that happens and in my body. Uh-huh. Um, well, so, like Graham Cook says, get another thought. Yeah. If it's not working for you, get a new thought. Now, sometimes that means it does require you to do something different or something needs to happen for you to get your brain mm-hmm. adjusted. Mm-hmm. For or all that sometimes just have to die down. Yeah, or you may have to talk to somebody and say, hey, this is what's going on in my brain, and they need to be able to say to you, hey, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. And this is where well, it's... Well, it's, it's more than just what's the deal. I'm saying that very casually. <laughs> That's more of a personal... You may have to have someone you t- trust may have to be able to look into your life and say, this is what's going on, or this is what I It'll see, or this is what... Yeah, okay. yeah, this is what God's really doing. This is where having... Um, even people in your life, well, number one is have people in your life that you can trust who say healthy things to you, right? I mean, I don't need a friend that's when I'm going through trials to say, well, let's go out and get drunk. You know, that's not the friend that's going to really solve my problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I will forget the problem for a while. Then I have two problems now, you know, (laughs) so that that's not the solution. So that's not my answer. I need somebody who can lead me towards wise solutions and even have people in your life that are prophetic or have real biblical insight that mm-hmm. they can say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is what God is doing in your life. This is who you're called to be. That's the kind of friends you need to have, or at least you need to be able to connect to those kind of people on occasion when you need those inputs in your life. Yeah, for sure. Because, back to your question, what's the difference between worry and being concerned? Mm -hmm. Being concerned is seeing the situation, 
it's not ignoring it. It's actually right. saying, seeing it. Saying, okay, yeah, there's some difficulty something's here. Something's going on. Mm-hmm. And then saying, all right, Jesus, I'm going to listen to you about how you want me to walk through this land of giants and, and conquer whatever it is I need to conquer mm-hmm. so that we can have success in this situation, whatever success looks like in that. And by success, I don't mean Green. it's always, a, uh, you know, where there's an actual tangible goal or, you know, right. monetary thing or something like success can be, I'm walking through grief and I, can, and it didn't destroy me. And it <laughs> didn't, like, yeah. Like I, but. I actually experienced it and you know, for any given day I had this moment of whatever emotion and let it do what it needed to do to express itself and then came out on the other side 10 minutes or three hours or 16 days later and said, okay, I'm still here. I'm still human. I'm still whole. Mm-hmm. I have health in my life Yeah. in spite of all of that. So that that's what I mean by success. Yeah. So if we, if we want to be able to manage, mm-mm. If we want to thrive, ooh, can I use that word? If we want to thrive in trials. I would allow you to use that word. <laughs> if we want to thrive, that mm-hmm. means fully live in all of the moments of our life. The busy ones, mm-hmm. the not so busy ones, the crazy ones, the calm ones, the happy ones, the oh my gosh, what in the uh-huh. heck does my future look like? ones all of those moments if we want to actually live in them and thrive in them mm-hmm. and be in the zone be the in zone. the zone i do like that word can i pause a minute and talk about that a second a little bit more the perichoresis zone yeah because i'll tell you as a musician there is definitely a place when i'm working or for me most of the time it would be performing where i have to keep my focus I have learned how to build the habits of focus so that I can play better, play the piano better or sing better. That's the zone I'm talking about. And I'm sure every discipline Mm -hmm. has that zone where your brain is in the place that it's meant to be, to be fully on in that place. I think there's a perichoretic zone. Yeah. I think, and again, it's a discipline. It's a place of saying, I'm going to talk to you, Lord. I'm going to focus my mind for 13 plus minutes on you and and be in a place where we can talk together and think together and enjoy together the solution or the relationship or just the moment that we're in mm. and be in the zone. Give it the full 13 minutes. Uh, you you want to explain what the 13 <laughs> minutes is since I've said it twice now? Yeah, that was, uh, gosh, 30 years ago. We had read a book or a study, and it was basically on how you work in productivity and basically said, for working especially things that are require real thought, basically it takes 13 minutes of focus on something to get your brain into the zone or real what we call a hyper-productivity mode. Mm-hmm. And any interruptions break that. And you have to start and over And you start again. all over again. Yeah. And I remember one of the guys at work decided to start timing and seeing how often he was interrupted at work 
so that he could get into the zone and work. And he found it was like, it wasn't until four o'clock in the afternoon one day that he actually had 13 minutes without an interruption. Wow. What a frustrating day, right? (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you know, and that kind of leads to, I mean, I know today we now have, you know, we're checking on the phone all the time. You've got the Snapchats, you've got email, you've got all these different things coming in. And those, to be honest, keep us from having our minds on God. Now, maybe your Snapchat is a reminder of somebody to exhort them on to greatness or something and into the zone. But it's easy to have things in our life that are interruptive, that just are constantly nagging and poking and prodding, and they keep us from just living, number one, in the zone but really living a life of rest. Because I think interruptions, they're not wrong, but if you're living a life with a lot of interruptions, a lot of conflict, a lot of excessive input and all these kind of things, all of those things just, um, they're just not God in your mind. It's not you walking in the zone. None of them are wrong. I mean, I remember listening to a similar idea. Glenn Kaiser, who was in the uh, Resurrection Band, they used to have a magazine, and uh, one of the questions somebody asked him is, is it okay to listen to non-Christian music? And his answer was, yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. And he goes, but if your mind is on that a lot, all the time, that's just time that your mind is not on God. And so it's one of those, is it wrong? No. But is that where you live? If you're living there it's probably not a healthy thing that's leading you into that rest and peace. Yeah, if you're frustrated because you don't feel like you can experience God, maybe that is a key to it right there. Hint, hint, hint. Yeah, I think so. I'm glad you brought it back to rest. Mm-hmm. Because... That's what I do. I like to bring it, I got to wrap it around. If you have, good job. Thank you. If you have a whole day of rest, if you stayed in bed for a whole day, And really didn't, I mean, really, I'm not saying you didn't watch TV or do things like that, but really let your mind and your body have the peace that it needed to recharge and rejuvenate and took away a lot of the distractions and that constant, think of this next, okay, now think of this, Mm -hmm. okay, now what about this? And you just rest. Again, what a gift from God to actually have a space Mm -hmm. to, to reboot and let your brain not be on fire and find a place of peace and stay there for a while, 13 minutes at least. 13 minutes. You know, or 13 hours. Yeah. You know, and just be at that place of, I don't have to think about everything right now. I'm just going to be. And that's Philippians 4, look. 7, which says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Well, read the first b- above it. Where? Right there. Be anxious for nothing. Oh, that's the comparative to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So it's actually guarding your 
heart. mind and heart. Yeah, it'll guard your heart and your mind. And then he tells you what to what to think on. Yeah, finally, brothers, verse. whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. That's a type of rest, too, then. It is. And this is one where, you know what, if you come from a legalistic background, you can go into, oh, here's my rules. I have to do this. I have to do this this thing. And it's like, no, what he's saying is... I have to think is, on these things. Yeah, I have to do... No, it's like he's saying... Let your brain be on good. Yeah. And your mind, yeah. Talk to God. Everything in by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. What does that mean? That's a conversational thing. I'm talking to God. Thanks what you're, I see what you're doing in my life. Mm-hmm. This is great. I thank you for this and so forth. Here's, here's what's going on in my mind. And focusing and putting that all onto him and then saying, okay, I want to I want to think about the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what? This is where, I hate to say it. Well, I don't hate to say it. I'm glad to say it. <laughs> this is where positive thinking is. You know, I know a lot of mm. times people think, oh, this is just positive thinking. It's like, well, what's the opposite of having positive thinking? <laughs> negative thinking. Don't do Worry. Ne- <laughs> worrying and complaining. <laughs> it's like, well, that's clearly not a Christian mindset yeah. of living in Christ is to be negative. So the positivity is saying, I'm seeing things through a lens, which is I'm seeing the God lens of the, the dance situation. Lens. Yeah. How are you dancing in this situation, God? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. That's gonna be my thought this week. Dancing in this. How situation. are you dancing in this? Because sometimes it might be a slow dance. Sometimes mm-hmm. it might be a giddy jig Irish dance. Sometimes it might be a just wild and crazy, uh, silly dance. Sometimes it might be a really passionate dance. How are you dancing with me in in this situation? Because that's what perichoresis is, right? Yes. The, the word dance a, is in that, in that definition. What? I just had a funny picture in my head. What? Well, it's like you go to a dance and it's like you want to invite the person and it's, oh, here's a, this is a non-threatening dance. And then they change to the slow dance. <laughs> it's like maybe God sometimes says, here, I want to come on out and you're like oh sure this seems safe we you know and then it's like ooh, the music changes <laughs> and god wants to do something different <laughs> it's like oh what's he doing here <laughs> and we just get to participate though and have to have the freedom to know him yeah and to see his character and say okay i want to stay in this dance right because it's going to be good right so okay check podcast done all done can we go rest <laughs> time for another nap that felt kind of restful to me i it actually was. like doing the podcast i feel like we do find our zone anyway in the podcast most weeks because mm-hmm. it's stuff we like to talk about and think on positive stuff good stuff healthy right righteous mm-hmm. love kind of stuff that we want to share with each other and then with anybody else who cares to listen and we want you to share back <laughs> go for it <laughs> so, yeah so if you're thinking about this stuff you're thinking got questions whatever give us a call at uh 1-833-85-GRACE or email us at podcast at grace.world and we'd love to hear from you and we get a little comments here and there, and it's always a treat when we get to hear from you. And we, it's very encouraging mm-hmm. for us to have people actually write. So, mm-hmm. so do that. Mm-hmm. And I know you hear people 
say that all the time on the radio and TV and podcasts, but you'd be surprised how much that means. Yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, hey, you guys have a great week. We love yep. you. We hope you have a restful week and that you enjoy the dance with God. All right. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.